This is the brisnet.com call-in show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Now, here's Bobby Newman and James Scully. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with James Scully. This is your hour, HRRN Nation, to call in and talk about whatever you'd like in this great sport of thoroughbred racing that we love. The number to get in, 888 888- Nine six six four seven seven six. That's triple eight nine six six H R R N. Welcome back, my friend. Good evening, Bobby. It's good to hear, be here. Yes, uh, uh, hope you're doing well and getting close to the end of the year. We still have uh, two more weekends left, and it's a little bit slow on this weekend, but uh, going to really rev up the following weekend. And uh, excited to talk a little bit of horse racing. Yeah, but even when it's slow, when we say it's slow, there's still plenty of stakes action, still plenty of great overnight racing at a lot of these great venues. We're just not seeing the top flight horses right yet, but that's going to turn around soon enough because, of course, opening day at Santa Anita is not far off, the day after Christmas, which means opening day at Santa Anita is on a Tuesday this year. And, of course, Gulfstream is going to have all of their big stakes coming up, mainly starting around January. Right now, we're kind of smaller time stakes when we're talking about Oaklawn and Gulfstream and even the fairgrounds, but the fireworks really when when we get to the new year. Yeah, definitely. But uh, even next weekend, there, there's uh, you've got like the Gunrunner, and you got a whole bunch of stakes at uh, Fairgrounds, and and Gulfstream Park has a couple of. Uh, next Saturday is the actual when they run the Tropical Park Derby and the Tropical Tropical Park Oaks, and a couple of Grade Three Sprint stakes. So there's a there's like uh, stakes races at five different tracks next Saturday, the twenty third. So it's going to be a pretty big day of racing as well uh, before that, like you mentioned, the big uh, enormous Boxing Day card at, at Santa Anita. By the way, I, I of course, am, uh, I, I know the Tropical Park Derby and Tropical Park Oaks very well because for many, many years they were run during the tropical meet at Calder. So I had, I, I had the privilege of calling those races uh, for several years, including, well, first of all, the Tropical Park Derby and Tropical Park Oaks used to always be January 1st and January 2nd. They were the first Derby and Oaks of the new year. And with the racing schedule at Gulfstream, they're now basically the last Derby and Oaks of the year, if you will. But one year, I got to call Barbaro's first win in a Derby, his first Derby win. He won the Tropical Park Derby on the turf at Calder. He started off his career looking like a turf horse. He, of course, became a uh, very, very good dirt horse and, of course, won the Kentucky Derby. And that was just a little bit of a technicality that year where um, Barbara won the Tropical Park Derby on January 30, I mean, on January 1st. And then he ran a, you know, a month later in the Holy Bull and he skipped the Fountain of Youth. So, I mean, he essentially had two traditional preps, but it wasn't until the next year with Street Sense. He was the first horse since, I, I think, like Sonny's Halo in 1983, Street Sense in 2007, to only have two preps as a three-year-old and win the Derby. And then once that happened, Bobby, you know, the floodgates open. And now, you know, it's the same thing. Once Point, uh, point give it, once Justify won the Kentucky Derby in 2018, we had another one this year with Mage. So multiple unraced three-year-olds, you know, and now two races, uh, at least for classy two-year-olds, has become more than norm than three yeah and it sounds like from owner mike rapoli that his breeders cup juvenile winner fierceness is looking at a schedule kind of similar to that two races maybe not the two traditional runs he's maybe looking at running in the holy bull skipping the fountain of youth running in the florida derby and then hopefully running for saturday in may in the kentucky derby a lot can go on between now and then but they have that is their unofficial plan as of now for the horse that will very likely be the Eclipse two-year-old of 2023. Let's go out to the phones. We've got some people on the line already. Paul in California, welcome to the brisnet.com call-in show. Hi, guys. I posed a question a few months ago that uh, two Triple Crown winners, if they had a little help, would that change anything? And now we're hearing some noise about one of them. So what if we just go 
and, you know, we're kind of old guys. Everything's got to be done the way we do it. But what if we just go and run the, the Kentucky Derby and then make the Belmont the second one, maybe move it to a one-turn mile and an eighth, and then go to Travers for the Triple Crown? I mean, Preakness is – only reason Preakness is being run anymore is because it's always been run. The, the horses that come in and out of there, and these guys are not making their three starts that they're trying to make. But it would maybe be a lot more competitive if they had the time between races that everybody is taking. And, you know, those babies from Justify and, and Holy um, – the, the two babies from the Triple Crown winners, America Pharaoh, they're, they're running really well, but can any of them run three times in five weeks? I, th- I think it's possible, uh, Paul. I do. I, I Listen, I, I know there's like some of these people like, you know, obviously Pletcher and Cox and Chad Brown and some trainers. I mean, they're they're period. They're not running the horses typically back in the uh, from the in two weeks later if they run second or worse in the uh, uh, derby. But I look at, you know, there's still trainers out there that have won the Preakness multiple times. And I think and we've seen them. Steve Asmussen and guys uh, uh, do it. And. I mean, there's like a revenue factor, a revenue stream from the Triple Crown. I mean, all these horses have to be nominated uh, for 600 bucks, or and then or whatever. I think it's 600, whatever it is. And then they have if they don't get nominated, there's a late nomination, and there's always a bunch of those. And then there's a supplemental, and there's like a revenue stream for all like three tracks. So Churchill Downs and Belmont Park, Paul make money from the Preakness taking place at Pimlico and the whole event being five weeks long. Now you might say, Hey, they, it still works in a six or seven week structure. And that's like the argument right now. But if you're saying you're going to have a triple crown that starts on the first Saturday of May and concludes in the last Saturday in August, there's no way there's there's there even needs to be like a nomination process for that. It's just not going to have the same uh, cachet. Well, I, I have another question. Is Paul still on the line? Paul is not on the line. So maybe right. uh, maybe you can answer this question for me, James. So uh, and we appreciate the call, Paul. That's Thanks, it, Paul. It's, it's a great question. So my question is, let's just hypothetically say that what Paul's idea has you know ends up having legs and maybe you know comes to fruition they're not that's not you know it's not even close to anything right now but paul's suggesting the derby then the belmont then the travers be the new triple crown okay so who is this benefiting and it's obviously benefiting naira a whole lot um i mean does it does it benefit nbc sports or fox i mean i i guess it benefits fox because they would have two of the three legs of the Triple Crown. Um, you, you know, who, who it, it doesn't matter to Churchill either way what happens. They're going to get their 18 to 20 horses no matter what. And obviously, the people that operate Pimlico think that this is a terrible idea. So I'm wondering, you know, we as fans, like, you know, might want bigger fields, especially in that middle leg. But is who this is benefiting outweighing – the hurt that it's doing to, you know, Pimlico and first and whatever. And I don't know if the answer to that. I I think there's a lot on the line when a horse is going for the triple crown right now in the current setup in the Belmont stakes. If you start spreading these races out, I just don't think it's going to be anywhere near the same. Like you're not going to get these enormous crowds. You can look at what the handle is on the Belmont stakes um, you know, when not only when America Pharaoh and and Justify won it for the Triple Crown, but there was, you know, you can look at it for all, th- you know, like the last 10 years has been or 15 years, you know, like what it's been when our Triple Crown was on the line. It's enormous. You know, it's been over 140 million or so. So I, I think that there's, uh, um, you know, I, I think there's a, it, it would they would lose money and handle if they start if they messed around and spaced out the triple crown. All right, let's go back to the phones. Rick in West Palm Beach. You've got Bobby and James on the Brisnet.com call-in show. Bobby, James, good to hear you. Long time no speak. How are things? Everything's good, my friend. I hope you're staying good. out of the rain. Uh, well, I'm not too far. I'm up in West Palm, so, you know, I'm inside. Uh, 
I got the good, the bad, and the ugly, and just I'm just going to throw it out there. And if you could just comment or not comment, the ugly. Why? I know you're not a social media guy, Bobby, but why are they bashing the race caller over at Parks? Uh, I'm not going to answer that question. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I, I, uh, listen, I, I think I think I'd be better <laughs> off not answering that question. I, I think it's a jealous. I think it's a jealousy factor. Really oh well, do. maybe that's true. I mean, maybe maybe there is some to that. I mean, that's you're a, a you're a caller. I used to I used to think I was. It's not easy. Uh, no, you you could be right. I don't think it's a hundred percent what you're saying, but you could be right. Okay, now going to the good. I've been watching the last couple of weeks since the uh, championship meet started. And also the uh, the regular aqueduct meet, and I'm very happy to report that it doesn't appear that the CAWs have gotten uh, haven't have been able to attack the exacta pools as they used to. Do you have any thoughts on that, James? Have you been watching that? Uh, is this true? I I am not aware of that. I mean. I've seen some like uh, like what the uh, average mutual was for some of the exotics and even straight wagers at Oakland Park on that opening weekend, and you know they were pretty high. They were pretty. They were big. You know they were they were real strong. Uh, you know the races there have been real competitive, and it's same at Turfway. But I don't know exactly about the uh, CAWs. No, I haven't heard anything about that. No, I've just just been following it, and it seems that. They're, they have uh, been attacking the wind pools, but uh, the exacta pools have been pretty pretty good to what it used to be before they uh, came on the scene. Just a, just a note, because I was the guy that called you guys last year when Gulfstream got rid of Cornellas. Well, I, we appreciate the Paul, Rick, but I'm guessing you were one of the few people who were betting the Quinellas other than the people who were taking advantage of, uh, of, of playing when they, were, when they were getting the hammered with a few, uh, a few weight plungers here and there who were probably cashing offshore. But appreciate the call, Rick, and uh, stay safe during the next few days. It's supposed to be some bad weather coming in uh, east side of Florida through Saturday. Let's get one more call before the break. Tom in St. Louis, welcome to the show, my friend. Do we have Tom? I can't hear Tom. We may not have Tom. All right, let's do this. Uh, I don't know if Tom's there. If we lost Tom, Tom, please call back. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Hopefully we'll have Tom. This is the brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races. Dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track or grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. 
Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void where prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to get the latest HRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, James Scully, your hour HRRN nation to call in and talk about Whatever you want in Thoroughbred Racing, the number to get in, 888-966-4776. That's 888-966-HRRN. Let's go back out to the phones. Take two, Tom in St. Louis. How are you guys? Can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear, my friend. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, guys. Uh, Bobby, I guess the price of hot dogs is going to go up at Dodger Stadium, but I congratulate you on what could be the signing of the, of the century, and I'll call that 23 years into it. Um, they just introduced him at Dodger you know? Stadium, by the way. They just introduced him, put his jersey on. I talked to a few people I know that have Dodger season tickets, and my question was, did you already lock in your prices for 2024? And they said, yes, they have. They expected in 2025 is when the uh, – prices will really go up i understand that's kind of the purpose of my call but let me say something first to you to james to all the uh listeners callers people associated with the network lee running the booth mike everybody guys i'll have a merry christmas happy new year in case i don't call next week just want to tell you that appreciate it tom appreciate it true joy every week um too my friend first of all guys first of all what are you guys' impressions of the new racetrack at Oakland? Um, if you don't mind me asking, and I, I, I just uh, has it really affected pace? And I'll be the first to admit I really haven't watched too much of it. I don't know if we lost Tom or not there, but uh, I know you follow the racing closely at Oakland, James. Have you noticed anything different than the past or out of the ordinary with a little bit of a different racing surface this year? No, not really. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not there. I'm watching it uh, typically on the computer. But, uh, yeah, I, not really. I haven't seen much of a difference. It's played pretty uh, fairly, I think. I mean, we've definitely seen, uh, you know, some wire-to-wire winners, a fair share, I think, or a fair share of front runnings, and we've seen some deep closers. So I haven't seen anything out of the ordinary, you know, other than it's, can be difficult handicapping at times. Well, that's every year because they have big fields there, and obviously there's a lot of interest in the races. I mean, just over the – I mean, they've only been running for a week, and last week we saw some favorites who made a lot of sense get the job done, and we saw some ridiculous bomb long shots that you look – you know, when you go back and redboard like we all do, you go back and say, uh, there's no way I could have had this horse unless I hit the all button in this race uh one horse that i know was not very difficult to have though was tejano twist in the ring the bell stakes one of two stakes last saturday at oaklawn uh boy listen i i know that the surface is different this year than it's been in the past james and and what horses records are at oaklawn in the past doesn't necessarily reflect what they're going to do this year this horse is always like oaklawn and he looked great last saturday yeah, I, I I really came away impressed with uh, Tejano Twist. I, I thought that, uh, you know, last year 
when he he came to Oakland, you know, I, I mean, he he had run some he had run for a tag previously, and you know, just I, I thought he really turned things around, started turn things around, and and turned in some really strong efforts. But his, his basically his uh, his racing season was done on July first. And then he came back from a layoff in early November at Churchill Downs, and he ran huge in that bet on sunshine. And, and you know that 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 field had Bingo in it, and uh, he just crushed him that day. And I think that was a big sign of uh, good things to come, Bobby. I know he loves Oakland. He might continue, and he'll probably continue to run well in the Whitmore and Count Fleet and his appearances there this winter. But I do think Chris Hartman. You know, he after he ran well at Oakland last year, he went and ran third to Cody's Wish and, and hoisted gold with second in the uh, uh, church grade one Churchill Downs on the Derby undercard. And I think he's like thinking this year, hey, Tahano Twist is going to take a step forward and he's going to be a major player in, in major sprints the rest of the year. So, you know, he, he's still got to prove it. But I thought that was a real positive step in that direction. Uh, if you want to make a case for him uh, being really good next season. Is there somebody I'm missing out there who could be a, you know, the, a real huge threat or maybe better than Tejano twist going into the Whitmore and the count fleet. Is there, uh, is there somebody uh, that I'm missing that, you know, maybe was good last year and didn't retire that could run there. I is, is Gunite retired. Is he coming back? Yeah, I, I think Gunite is retired and um, Elite. I mean, obviously Elite Power, but uh, I I don't know any. No, not right off the top of my head. Absolutely not. All right, um, so could be a, I, could be a very fruitful season. For... Yeah, and and the other horse I'll mention real quick on Friday they had that uh, Advent Stakes uh, for two year olds uh, going six furlongs, and I thought Valentine Candy really pressed, you know, was out there on the lead of a, of a solid pace, pressed it early, then took over and really just had another gear on the stretch to win impressively. And, you know, I loved his maiden win at, at, at Saratoga sprinting. He got drilled in the uh, hopeful and, and didn't run that great in his next couple starts. But I, I think he's going to be a good sprinter, three-year-old sprinter next year for uh, uh, Steve Asmus and then all those uh, three-year-old, all those three-year-old sprints they have. All right, well, speaking of Oaklong, let's head out to the phones right now. Charles in Mississippi, welcome to the show, my friend. What's going on, Bob and James? Hey, Charles. Oh, I'm just sitting here watching the newest Dodger get introduced. Oh, I, I, congratulations, Bobby. Congratulations. I mean, yeah, it was a, lo- it was a lot of my doing. It, I, was the, I was the tipping point. It was because of well, me that he decided to go to the Dodgers. Dodger tickets and all them down seasons, and, uh, that, you know. But uh, that, that's the uh, – you get a sighting like that once in a lifetime, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's what makes baseball. And the guy's got a lot of class, you know, he, he really plays the game the way it should be played. But uh, Charles, I don't, I don't want to take away from what you're going to call about, but Tom, our previous caller asked if we had noticed any big difference with the oh. racing surface at Oakland this year to last year, I know you watch the every race that they run at Oakland. Have you noticed anything yeah. big? Oh, absolutely! It's a completely fair racetrack. You had horses coming out of the twelve hole that were winning, and outside that early in the season last year, I never can remember that happening. And I, I hung my hat on Asmussen. Uh, uh, if that horse in the first race, uh. That uh, was it. Private school. Well, anyways, he was a seven. Came nine seven, and he got he got caught at the wire. Uh, I got. Uh, I just hung my hat on Ashmason. Uh, Candy Candy's Valentine. I had that uh, that Billy Jack, that forty five dollar horse. Is that the horse you said you couldn't have figured, Bobby? There hmm. were a few of them. Yeah, there was well, more than one. He had, he had run in Tom's. He had run in Tom's St. Louis Derby. If you <laughs> remember what Ashmeister said uh, uh, last year about, but I mean, he was twenty. I, I figured he would be like seven to one, and he went off twenty-two to one. You know, I mean, I had a, uh, I had that herd. I mean, I had uh, there were two or three races. Tejano Twist. I didn't see anything touching him, especially when you look at. It's like James said, he, he he ran behind Cody's wish and horse to go. I mean, uh, I mean, he, he just looked like death and taxes, and I think he got six to five on him. 
And then there was that uh, the the parking lot guys, the uh, you know the guy, the Flurry guy, Flurry Racing guy that owns the parking lot at Oakland that uh, owned Monomoy's Girl a couple years back, uh, yep. Bobby. Uh, they had that horse at uh, the ride of a lifetime. I mean, he paid four to five, and, and I thought unless he had a heart attack, there wasn't no way he was going to lose that race. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't take four to five, Bobby, but I'll take it in a New York second, buddy, okay? I mean, well, I'm an old sports I'm it, an old sports it, it, it depends how much. It depends who's four to five, you know, if, if it's a condition oh, four I, claimer. I, hey, look, look. But I didn't say uh, uh, – I thought it was eminently fair. Uh, you know, uh, uh, horses were coming from out of it. Horses were stalking. Horses were leading. It was uh, – and look, look at the money that was bet, baby. I mean, that's – you can you can get in there and uh, – I love it when it's like a two, two-day race card and you can get your uh, – you can get your – Past the you know your post positions and uh, past performances on Sunday night and Monday morning, and you got all week to draw up your plan, and you got enough action there, brother. It, it was like I was. Uh, I tell you what, I haven't bet that much money, Bobby, on a two-day race card since I was in my thirties, and uh, I'm sure Oakland Park. Uh, I, I had a really good weekend, but. Uh, Man, it was just to me. It was a great card. It was a lot of horses. It was, you know, is you've got to bang for your buck. But I mean, you had to do your work. I mean, and uh, there was a horse I wanted to ask you about that I got all. This this it was my worst play of the of the weekend. Uh, it's a horse that ran at Prairie Meadows because she's not a joke. Yeah, what about no she's joke. not a joke? I mean, I loved that horse. When I looked at him in, in the uh, in the things, I said, hell, this horse might – she hadn't been out this June. I said, I'm going to give this horse a good shot, and uh, I bet her pretty good when she ran dead last. And, you know, which is – hey, if you if, if you don't win it, you might as well run dead last, Bobby. Uh, yeah, I if, <laughs> if, you're, if you need the horse to win, do you want to lose by a nose or be done before they get to the far turn? But I mean, I thought the track played eminently fair, and uh, you know, of course, when you're winning, you know, you 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 know, you you. It's not like if you're losing, you know what I mean. You you have a lot better eye when you're winning than when you're losing. And I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm just saying that you know, it was a. Uh, you know, if you if you love action and you love good, solid racing, uh, that Oakland card was. was I mean. For the first week in September, I mean, how can you beat that card? How can you wow. beat that card? Well, we're looking forward to uh, another good weekend this weekend at Oakland, and obviously great racing to come in the new year, my friend. And I'll be listening. And uh, still, congratulations, Bobby. I mean, you know, for a guy that follows baseball, and you follow, I know you listen to your team every night. Man, you got something to look forward to. And uh, James, y'all have a nice holiday. Okay, guys. Appreciate Thanks the so call, much, Charles. Charles. Uh, by the way, I, I think Charles mentioned Private School uh, as as like a horse. Do you remember a movie Private School from the early 80s, James? Is that before you were paying attention? Yeah, I think I remember that movie. You could not forget this movie. It was a typical 80s teen nonsense movie with like Matthew Modine and Phoebe Cates. All you need to Google is Betsy Russell Private School, and if you – You'd remember this movie. She was at her full Betsy Russell list. And if you don't know who Betsy Russell is, you'll see the pictures from what she was. She was like the uh, tawdry, teasing, uh, attractive, trying to lure, you know, bad intentions girl in private school. Terrible movie, but some funny stuff to it and uh, some memorable scenes. Anyway, private school. Uh, All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, phone lines are open. Give us a call, 888-966-HRRN is the number. This is brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN. 
This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge. Horse of the Year candidate, Elite Power. Jackie's Warrior makes his move on the outside. Elite Power on the far outside. And Elite Power gets up to win the sprint. Elite Power is moving clear. And going to take the rear to sprint by a widening margin. Five, five, all of you. Take it easy, five, down, and down. Nine, nine hundred, and nine hundred pounds in now. Standing at Judmont. Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void where prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Trainer Talk, presented by Phasing Tipton. Please join me in welcoming Hall of Fame trainer Todd Fletcher. Hall of Fame trainer Nick Zito on Trainer Talk. Welcome Hall of Famer Bob Baffert to the program. Hall of Fame trainer Shug McGahee, nice enough to spend some time with us. Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott here on Trainer Talk. Dual Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer Talk, the biggest names in horse racing. Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Brisnet.com call-in show here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, James Scully. Get out to the phones, Alex in Lexington. You're on the show, my friend. I appreciate y'all having me. Long time listener, first time caller. Was hoping uh, you all could weigh in on the two year old stallion series races this Saturday. Um, what was curious, your all's thoughts, particularly the Phillies race? Right, uh, the two year old stallion stakes, where are you talking from? Aqueduct. At Aqueduct, sorry. Oh, okay. So we got the two. All right. Appreciate the call. So, yeah, the two featured events are uh, races eight and nine, Saturday at Aqueduct, the Fifth Avenue, and the Great White Way. Uh, James, I've looked the, at them. I've I've looked at them too. I'm I'm going to let you do the handicapping because, to be honest, Alex, these are going to be part of our weekend stakes preview tomorrow night from six to seven p.m. Eastern time here on the network. But we'll start with the eighth race, which is the uh, Fifth Avenue division. These are the New York bred two-year-old fillies sprinting seven furlongs. Big field of twelve here, James, and uh, morning line favorite is. Well, the morning line favorite is down toward the inside. And number two, My Shady Lady, who is one for four coming into this race. She's been in or around the money in these kind of uh, state-bred stakes her last three starts, uh, but certainly doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like the, to me, the most talented field of two-year-old fillies we've ever seen. No, no, I would uh, definitely say not. Uh, You know... I mean, I thought, considering the field, I mean, there's about, like there's some maidens in here and first-time starters. I thought that solo shot would be a little bit uh, lower on the morning line, considering the, how she missed the break in that uh, 
that stake race last time. And, you know, I, I thought that really cost her. I think she's going to the lead with Manny Franco. I think she's, she's like the horse to beat in my mind. Uh, I do look, I do, I do consider though, like, uh, I, I thought number eight walk with me. It's like when, even though it didn't come back that fast, you know, was, was okay. I, I sort of thought it was sort of gutsy and, and this field might not be that fast to begin with. And she could take a little bit of step forward. So I, I, I liked 11 and eight in there. Uh, but it, I, I thought that race was, uh, was, was pretty competitive and, um, um, you know, the, the other division might have a more imposing favorite. All right. Without giving away who I'm going to pick, it's not one of those two that I'm going to pick as far as the weekend stakes preview goes. I'm going to try to get somebody to come from off the pace in a race that could have some speed in it. Ninth race is the uh, Great White Way division of the New York Stallion Series. This time, the uh, well, it's two-year-olds, so technically Phillies are allowed, but it's Colts and Geldings going the same distance of seven furlongs. Fourteen were entered. Uh, two will end up scratching out of the race. And uh, another race where there are several ways you can go, James. The favorite is number nine, B.D. Saints, who uh, ran very well last time on a muddy track. This horse has run well on muddy main tracks and on turf. The one time he ran on a fast dirt track was just okay. Yeah, um, you know, one thing about that race, and, and definitely last time in the Sleepy Hollow, that maiden special weight uh, at, at Saratoga in late August, he just got away slowly. I, I went back and, and watched that race again, and he just didn't get away from the gate. Uh, you know, he didn't have any trouble. He just came out slowly. It was a p- terrible start. And, and he made up some ground quickly to sort of be in a menacing position, and he ran an okay third but, uh, you know, he came out the next time and he broke his maiden. He led every step of the way on the turf uh, at Aqueduct in, in mid-September, BD Saints. Then he ran against Open and Company, but he got he broke pretty good in that race. He was just in against, like, much better and ran six. And I thought that Sleepy Hollow, I thought it was remarkable because he, he sort of got steady, like, not, like, two jumps out of the starting gate. When that happened, he dropped, like, five lengths back of, like, the next to last horse. He was so far back there, and El Grando was catching pressure, so he set fast fractions with some long shot running, you know, next to him, and, you know, he's three to five, and he had run so big that Linda Rice had run him in the champagne. And I, I just think he's like real good right now for New York bred two-year-old El Grando. So he held on and won. But this late run that BD Saints launches nearing the conclusion of the far turn, he he not only ran by nearly the entire field, but he was out there in the middle of the track. He was so wide. It's as eye-catching as, it, you know, I love those eye-catching runs. Now, you mentioned the money track. And I'll just say, uh, big, huge, sweeping late runs that get minor awards are, are, can be 100% misleading sometimes or deceiving sometimes. Horses don't run back to it. But uh, BD Saints, uh, I, I thought he looked, uh, you know, he's still a two-year-old. I, I, I think he's the goods in a sense. And I think he's a much more imposing, like, short-priced horse in, you know, in the two races. And he's the one to beat, in my eyes, in the uh, great wide way division, Bobby. All right. Appreciate the call, Alex. Hope uh, James is able to help you out a little bit there. Let's go back to the phones. Pat in Hot Springs, welcome to the Brisnet.com call-in show. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Merry Christmas to you both. James, I've been waiting for somebody to call you and, 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 and thank you for, uh, Michael Licious at Oakland on on Saturday. I think, I think that's the name of the horse. He went off 12 to one in the morning line and, and, and up to 20 to one when the, when the gates opened and, uh, made my day. All right, so how did, how, did you, you, how did you come up with that horse, Pat? Kelly gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I touted it on the, uh, I touted it on, uh, the Steve Bick show on Friday. I took a look at that late pick four, at, or most of the races in that sequence was starting with the, to the, you know, including the stakes. And I like that horse. Um, um, I, I had liked its uh, previous effort there at uh, Churchill Downs, and um, 
uh, really a gutsy win. I mean, that, that race was sort of wide open and he, he gutted it out. Um, that I, you know, it, I, you're right, uh, Pat. I, I, I was surprised to see him drift up that high and uh, made a pretty decent score on that race. Well, I have a bias uh, when horses don't take any money like that and they go up. I tend to bet less. How do you approach that? You know, going from I think I think strategically it's really the other way. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe you don't bet. You know, maybe you can like if you're planning. I still think you, you know, if you you've got to like in a sense have a horse pegged in your mind. Um, what, what odds it should be. And if it's not at those odds, yeah, granted, there's a case where it could be a maiden or a lightly raced horse, and maybe you're just not seeing something. But for me, um, that doesn't worry me at all. That just means it's going to pay more uh, if I like a horse that's well, like 10 I, to 1 on the morning line and it dress up. You know, after that race, my wife turned to me and said, why didn't you bet more? <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have Butterbean in the next race, did you? No, I did not. And, uh, boy, that was a terrific uh, was late a run by that filly. I liked, uh, liked her yeah. effort. But, uh, yeah, you know, I bet that uh, – you know who I was on, uh, the six. I forget her name now. But uh, yeah, yeah, she, she didn't get out there like I was hoping. She didn't get to the lead. No. She was there. Anyway, Merry Christmas to you both. Love your show. I listen all the time. Thank really you. Really appreciate it, Pat. Have a great holiday. Uh, let's get another call in before the break. Kevin in Los Angeles. I was just out in your neck of the woods this last weekend. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Bobby. Well, you and I are about the same age, same probably pedigree out here, <clears throat> going to the track all the time. I was wondering if you remembered something. I, I was having a discussion with some friends, and if you recall in the early days of simulcasting, where we would get occasional races from other jurisdictions, like if it was on a Friday and there were a couple stakes races at Churchill. We might get those, especially when there were our horses out there. Do you recall a time when the exact bet paid one one, when the, like Lucas would have a three or four horse entry? No, I don't ever. I don't think I can't recall that ever happening. Yeah, I seem to recall there or at Woodbine, and no one else seems to remember the same thing. No, I, I, I James, have you ever seen that? I can't remember that ever. No, I don't. I, I can't say I, I have. I mean, it would it would take away from actually having an entry if they could run if an exacta could pay like one A and one. That it, it wouldn't make it much sense. Yeah, I just seem to recall having an entry, having the entry run one two, and I had I seem to recall having an exact that would have paid first to third, and they said, oh no, you needed to have a one one here. It was at specific jurisdictions, and I thought Kentucky was one of them. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't, don't think so. I don't ever remember seeing that, and I, I it sounds again, odd. Talking, I mean, we're talking probably close to forty years ago. Yeah, I don't remember ago. that, and and I appreciate the call, Kevin. The, the, I don't remember anything like that, and you know, back then when it was like the, the early, you know, earlyish days of me going to the racetrack out there, and before there was simulcasting of any kind. Um, all I remember is that the the track announcer every now and then when when a big Southern California-based runner was running in a big stake somewhere that was not in Southern California, they'd come on the mic and they'd give us the, the results. Like, you know, Trevor Demon would come on or whoever it was, and, you know, we have the results of the Marlboro Cup run at whatever. The winner was so-and-so, second, you know, and uh, you'd hear a big ooh-ah if it was the horse that we, that was – you know, the Charlie Whittingham trainee from Southern California or something like that. Um, but that's, I don't remember anything about the exactas going that way. Um, yeah. And, and there's no way it was in Kentucky. I mean, I went to the, I saw a spectacular bid when the uh, bluegrass in Keeneland. So I've been going to the track races since the seventies and uh, yeah, it's, you know, it would have to be some quirky, like I think non-US uh, jurisdiction. All right. Um, you know what? Let's get one more call in before the break. Charlie in Oklahoma City, welcome to the Brisnet.com call-in show. Uh, hey, how's it going, guys? I got a question for you. We got a race here in Oklahoma City tomorrow, the 10th at Remington, the Springboard Mile for Derby points. Uh, Brad Cox has got a couple. Uh, uh, Steve Asmussen's got the favorite in here, Otto the Conqueror, that Tyler Gaffleon's going to ride. And uh, Doug O'Neill's bringing a horse in, too, uh, from California. You guys got an opinion on that race? 
Well, appreciate the call, Charlie. So, yeah, the Springboard Mile, part of a huge closing weekend action out at Remington Park. We're going to talk about all six of the stakes tomorrow night on the weekend stakes preview, including the Springboard Mile. So I'm going to let you handicap it now, James. Did you look at the race? Otto the Conqueror, Raging Torrent, Glen Gary, good field going in the mile. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, you know, Otto... I, I, I'm a little bit skeptical of Otto the Conqueror like being like a classic type, like longer distance horse. But I think this mile distance is it'll be perfect for him uh, off of like, you know, the three sim for long races. And I, I love that race. It was in the slop last time. But uh, I thought that maiden win at Churchill in September was a pretty gutsy performance. He had to fight hard to win it. He improved off it last time, ran against, you know, two, you know, both horses came back to win stakes that he beat in that race and he won it easily. And uh, I I do think he's a clear horse to beat, but you do have some uh, nice, uh, at least, you know, I I look at a horse like, you know, Brad Cox has a, has a couple in there and, you know, that fidget from Horseshoe Indianapolis, but uh, I think you could make the case perhaps Gettysburg address, you know, maybe didn't like the loft track. He might've been a little bit uh, rank early on. Maybe he'll be a little bit more, you know, settle better. And he's a colt that uh, I don't know if he'll be good enough to be out of the conqueror, but I do think he's capable of an improved effort and wouldn't be surprised to see him run better than he did last time when he finished fourth at three to one in that street sense. Right, po- um, I, I, love, I love the springboard mile. You know, they used to run it on Sunday nights that I thought was brutal. And I, I, I love the switch to Friday nights, Bobby. I'll be watching uh, that card for sure tomorrow. First post, 5 p.m. Central springboard mile set to go 928 p.m. Central time tomorrow night. All right, final break. When we come back, we're going to get James's best bet of the weekend. Also, go back out to the phones. Brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge. Race the Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Don't miss the Equine Forum every Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on HRRN. Mike Penna brings you the latest in thoroughbred racing, featuring interviews with trainers, jockeys, owners, and other racing insiders. Plus, exclusive segments you won't hear anywhere else. The Equine Forum, the show that launched a network. Saturdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Final segment on the brisnet.com call-in show. Bobby Newman, James Scully. James, any specials this weekend at Twin Spires or Brisnet? 
Well, definitely at, uh, you know, Twin Spires, we're going to have a ton of specials uh, on, um, we have like hidden and splitted promotions, Ocon at Fairgrounds, 10 times the points uh, uh, on, on special on, on certain days at numerous tracks, uh, $10 money back deal at Turfway and Goldstream Park daily double double down is a popular promotion we have. So you go there, go to the promos page at twinspires.com, make sure you opt in. Brisnake.com has the gamut of handicapping products. You go to Brisnake.com. We have full card analysis, workout reports, uh, all the uh, select, uh, handicapping and uh, PPs for all the tracks in, in North America and international programs. Is, uh, PPs are free uh, for Brisnet members. So go to Brisnet.com. Check out our handicapping reports. Okay, before we go back out to the phones, uh, just hang on if you're on the phone. James, what is your best bet of this coming weekend? My best bet's going to come at Oakland Park. It's race seven on Saturday. It's a main special way. I'm not – a bunch of these uh, horses in here with experience, I think, are exiting like some soft, like, maiden races. Brad Cox does have a, a first-time starter that, you know, could be uh, dangerous. But I like number six, excellent man – uh, who's coming into the race? Two starts. Basically, uh, uh, David Jacobson check, took over his training after his debut, and he ran him at Laurel Park and has been a, a maiden special weight. And he ran into a horse called Trico that it's owned by Matiket and SF Racing, Starlight, uh, et cetera, et cetera. High price yearling. Brittany Russell has him. He's been like big favorite in both starts, pretty well regarded off of that maiden win. And then excellent man ran last time at Aqueduct. Uh, chased a pace against, I thought, a pretty good-looking winner for uh, Chad Brown. Savings rate, he's a spites-down Colt, one first out that day. I thought those were good efforts, seconds and thirds to horses that could be future stakes types, and I think he'll keep progressing off of those, like I said, for Jacobson. Uh, picks up Ramon Vasquez. I'm looking for a good meet for him at Oakland, and you know he definitely already has a few wins or at least a couple wins so far. And uh, I'm going to pick this Mendelssohn. Cole or gelding excellent men in race seven number six at oakland okay there you have it seventh race at oakland saturday james best bet of the weekend let's go back out to the phones john in south florida welcome to the brisnet.com calling show yes good evening gentlemen i just want to clarify uh, a question your california caller had about about the entry one and one about 40 years ago the canadian racing circuit had three tracks greenwood woodbine and fort erie it was called the Ontario Jockey Club. And they used to have the exact, you, you didn't have to have one or one A, but you had to have one and one on your exact ticket. And uh, that was probably there up until maybe 20 years ago. You had to have the, that's every, every track in Canada had that. All right, good information. Yeah, probably, I, pre- I appreciate is. that, John, because that's something Thanks, I didn't know. And obviously you've seen it, and obviously Kevin in L.A. seen it, and uh, but nobody's seen it for at least around 20 years is what you're saying. Well, 40. probably 20, maybe, 40. maybe 30 years ago. I don't know. It's been, it's a long, I used to go to Woodbine all the time and they used to have that all the time. They called it exactors, E-X-A-T-O-R-S, exactors, not, not exact, exactor. And you had that, you could play one and you had to play one and one to, to catch that. But you had a break because Sandy Ollie won half the races and he was going to be one, two anyway. So wasn't that tough? But anyway, I'd like to ask you a question about race calling. You know, there was one, I, I watched Frank Miramonti call the races at Saratoga, and he did one thing at that in the call that he never does, uh, that he does every place but Saratoga, and that is he never gave the fractions in the race. I don't know if you noticed that or not as an announcer or not, but my question to you is, does the track tell him not to do that? Because I noticed when he went back to Santa Anita, he, would, he didn't give the fractions. Yeah, so he gave the fractions in New York. He did not give the fractions in California, is what you're saying. No, 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 no. When he was at Saratoga, he didn't give any fractions. But when he uh, – I'm sorry. He, he gave the fractions to Saratoga, but that's the only place he gave the fractions. In other words, when he does other race calling, he never gives you the fractions, which I kind of like because, to me, it just gives the announcer a breather to set himself up for the calls and so forth. All right. Well, I mean, first unless of all, it's really fast or really slow, I can understand. If it's forty-four or forty-nine, I can understand it. But 
Okay, well, first of all, I appreciate the call, John. Uh, I know the answer to this question. So the reason I think that Frank does not give the fractions in California is that he grew up basically idolizing Trevor Denman, who never gives fractions ever in any race, does not matter. I think even when he was calling Breeders' Cup races, he wasn't giving fractions. He just doesn't do it. And Frank grew up idolizing him and basically trying to – model himself after that but I think you know New York is always you know the announcers who have been in New York whether it's Durkin or or Marshall Cassidy or Colmas or John Imbrial or whoever it is always give fractions and don't forget that you know they're on Fox Sports every day um, and very interactive I think with the announcer up there so they probably have told him that they would prefer the fractions being given in the race uh, he he would prefer not to do it, but he's been asked. I think he has been asked to do it in New York, and um, I hope that answers your question. Uh, I agree with uh, I agree with uh, John that uh, I like the fractions. I mean, even if I didn't, I hadn't thought about it giving the announcer like a, a chance to reset or or whatever. But I, I like to have a gauge, and and I don't mind them calling it out. I know a lot of times it's on screen for you, but. Uh, uh, well, see, you know, now, I, I can only speak for myself. I don't look at TV screens calling the races. So looking down at the fractions involves, you know, glancing out at the tote board in the infield. And that's fine and all, as long as you know where you're going. And most announcers, you know, after a day of getting used to it, know exactly where they're looking. But there are times when the fractions are off. And then you're sitting there and you want to say, they went the quarter in and you see the number like 18.6 up yeah. there. And you're like, Best well, I know it's hurt. not that. I'm pretty yeah, sure they didn't go 18 and something. And yeah. now you're stuck. You said they'd gone the quarter in, and then you just have to keep going. So that may be another reason why some announcers maybe don't like doing because, I mean, it doesn't happen often, thankfully. But I've, We both have heard Peter Aiello like, like call off a number at Goldstream and then say, I'm not too sure about that. He's like, you know, we'll add a little color to it. Like, right, but uh, I mean, he, yeah, I'm sure he doesn't really want to bring negativity uh, you know, yeah. uh, like uh, toward the place that he works. It's just, it is what it is. He's expecting something to be there, and it's obviously incorrect because either a bird flew by the beam or something happened uh, that it, that it's off. But uh, I think that's the answer to that. Uh, I have a I have a pretty good racing story. Well, it's, it's going to turn out to be a racing story. So I mentioned that I was in Los Angeles this past weekend. I mentioned when Kevin from L.A. called. Uh, as a birthday present for my daughter, uh, I we got tickets to a concert in L.A. It's called K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. And it was supposed to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Offspring and Garbage and Portugal, man, like nine different bands at the Forum. And four days before the concert, Red Hot Chili Peppers canceled. One of their guitarists broke his finger. So we're a little bit bummed. We're going out there. And then two days later, they decide 311 another band, you know, that's been around for 30 years or so, uh, was going to take their place. So we went out there. We had a great time, whatever. And the good news is Red Hot Chili Peppers have decided that they are going to do a redo on March 2nd. Anyone who bought tickets for this other concert gets free admission, same seats to their concert March 2nd that they're doing for this. We just have to, you know, we have to go out there from Florida. As it turns out, March 2nd is Santa Anita Handicap, San Felipe, and like two other graded stakes. So I told my daughter, I said, listen, we'll do whatever you want to do in the morning. And obviously, we're going to the concert at night. We are going to the track for a few hours on that Saturday. (laughs) Outstanding. That is a good story. That's great. So I'm looking forward. I I mean, the Santa Anita Handicap is certainly not what it was, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, but it's still going to be fun, and I'm sure we'll see some Bob Baffert monster running in the San Felipe or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and you know. then, and when you probably have a, they'll have a, you can see a good, you can, you, you'll have an opportunity. To, the, there's like value in running out in that sanity. I mean, there's been some good horses that are still running in it uh, here in recent years. I mean, Proxy was in it last, last year. By the way, I should reiterate, I should rephrase that. We'll probably see some former Bob Baffert monster running in the San Felipe because by oh, then right. they'll they probably be they'll, they'll have to be in Tim Yachtine or whoever's Coach bar. Coach Prime runs in the uh, Los Alamitos Futurity Quality Road Cole. We'll see if he's for real or not. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I think he's got three in the low-self futurity on mm-hmm. Saturday. Uh, it's been a fun edition of the brisnet.com call-in show. My thanks to all the callers and all the listeners. On behalf of our producer, Lee Delapina, my co-host, James Scully, I'm Bobby Newman. want to remind everyone, another full day tomorrow here on HRRN. Betting with Bobby, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Live action from Aqueduct, Gulfstream, Fairgrounds, and Oaklawn. And then we've got our weekend stakes preview, myself and Bob Nastanovich, 6 to 7 p.m. tomorrow night, including all six of tomorrow night's Remington Park stakes. That's going to wrap it up on the Brisnet.com call-in show. Have a great night, everybody.